Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is September 30th, 2021. It is currently 2.30 a.m. in the freaking morning. I'm up late talking to you, doing my podcast. I got a lot of things to share. Got a lot of things I need to get off my chest. You know the way it is, right? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to turn down my intro music here. Well, how is your day going? Well, how was your day going, right? Because again, I don't know how your current day is going because my day's just coming to a close, right? It's 2.30 a.m. in the freaking morning. What am I doing up late? <laughs> oh, man. America is going straight down the tubes. You know what? When I talk to my conservative friends, you know, we all say the same thing. It says, man, can we put up with three... Three more years, four more years of Joe Biden. Maybe he'll stay in office for 10 more years. Who knows with the way the Democrats are doing and just skirting the laws. It seems as though, you know, Democrats can change the laws on a whim. They don't have to push laws through the legislature anymore. All their emergency mandates (laughs) have given them king-like powers here in Hawaii. You know, our mayors, our governors, they have, uh, they're sick with power. It doesn't care if they're a Republican or Democrat. They're sick with power. And they have the power to close down businesses, to pick winners and losers. And I swear, it is not fair whatsoever. It is sick right now. And the world that we're living in right now, the, well, the, I'll, I'll take that back. The America that we're living in right now is not the America that I ever thought would ever materialized in my entire life. Never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, you know, for the most part, I always thought, okay, the government, you know, they really can't affect jobs. They really can't affect the economy. They can't really can't affect me too much. So, you know, for the most part, it doesn't really matter too much, you know, I guess whether we vote Republican or Democrat. Now, because of COVID, because of Joe Biden, because Democrats have basically just overstepped the boundaries of almost every single um, office out, you know, office and checks and balance uh, type of, uh, you know, constitutional amendment there is out there and bill of rights out there. They've almost stepped on every single thing out there, every single right you have. And now America is unrecognizable. It really is. And I feel so sorry for all of the young kids who have to grow up in this stupidification of America that Joe Biden has created. I mean, we're just really dumb. And the worst part about all of this is that, you know, there's still a very big portion uh, of Americans who think Joe Biden is doing a great job. (laughs) You know, my podcast is called Barbecue to Movies. Um, I originally started it because I was getting, you know, censored, by Facebook, and I still am. So now, um, I tend to podcast more than, you know, than I tend to write on Facebook because, you know, I started to write these, you know, long paragraphs on Facebook, and then it would just get deleted. And now I'm getting warned um, that my, I guess, my Facebook posts, which are nothing more than, um, I guess, uh, word versions of my podcast, right? But very short, wordy versions of my podcast. And they're not, there's no swearing. There's no pointing the, you know, pointing the fingers. There's no false information going out there. And they are getting pulled down. I am getting my comments warned. I am getting warnings 
on my comments and my status updates. And uh, Facebook's telling me, you know, if I do do any more of this type of, I guess, um, sharing of my opinion, right, that goes against their community guidelines, uh, I will find myself without a Facebook page. And that would directly affect my wedding business because, you know, that's how I, you know, talk to a lot of my wedding couples. And uh, luckily, I have two Facebook accounts. So just in case one of them goes down, the other one can still manage my, my business account. But isn't it horrible that this is the America that we're living in, that our freedom of speech? Because again, let's be very honest, Facebook, you know, Instagram or social media, that is our soapbox. That is our modern day soapbox, the way we communicate with each other. And I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg, you know, thought when he created this, this would be a very great thing. Because at one time, again, he created uh, Facebook from, uh, I guess, uh, the, I think the back end was uh, he created this website called Hot or Not, where you would rank women based upon their looks. And uh, he made that into a social media platform, and that became Facebook, right? And he really wasn't politically correct back then. But now, <laughs> he's turned into a political operative, and it's not doing us any favor whatsoever. And the Democrats love it because they can control every single narrative there is out there. Oh, by the way, by the way, did you hear that the whole Russiagate narrative? Well, they found out that, you know, and the reporters have finally admitted that the whole thing is false, right? I've talked about this in my last podcast. But, you know, again, most of you don't listen to my podcast every single day. But again, you know, they found that out. But if you post that article on Facebook, you get fact-checked, and then they delete that article. So even though it's real news, it's fake news to Mark Zuckerberg, it's fake news to Twitter, and they just delete it from the entire headlines as though it never happened. So the ignorant out there, they'll never know. They'll really never know. Oh, by the way, that news was never shared on our local news, or even um, CNN or any of the other um, networks out there. Of course not, right? Because then the narrative that Trump pushed that they're fake news would actually be validated, correct? So anyway, what, anyway, what is my podcast going to be about today? You know, I'm really not sure. I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to talk off the top of my head, I promise you it'll be enter entertaining as hell because, you know, me, I'm kind of an entertaining person. But you know you know what I really want to get off my chest right now? Um, I'm going to try to keep this uh, as civil as I can because I'm, my blood is pretty much boiling right now. Um, but today, uh, I received an email from, I guess now we can call them a former client or maybe not a former client. I'm not really sure. Uh, but what happened was that, um, you know, I received an email from, I guess, the ex-fiance of one of my clients or one of my former clients. And he said that, you know, you're, 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 um, this person who he was engaged with, uh, they have decided not to get married this year and that now they're, they're looking for a refund. So my refund policy is very clear. It's on the bottom of my invoices and, um, it's really, really, it's really, really clear. It says that, if I can't book, um, well, if if I can uh, book um, any type of gig or any type of wedding cup or any type of package there is out there um, that is of equal or greater value to um, to your package, then I will give you your fifty percent um, down payment, one hundred percent back. 
So no questions asked, you go ahead and get it back. And I've done that multiple times, right? Well, uh, it's, it's not in fine print on the bottom of every invoice, and it's right, right there. All of my couples know about it. They knew about it as well because they apparently had looked at my invoice. Now, again, I don't operate with contracts. Um, I operate just, just like a retail store because an invoice holds up in court. Right, an invoice holds up in court. If you ever, if they ever take me to small claims court, they'll tell me, "Hey, you know what? Did did Dream Weddings Hawaii deliver on these things that are listed? And was this the price he charged you? And uh, what are you disputing? And everything like that. And it'll all be right, be right down there on the invoice, which doubles as a contract and a receipt. Whenever you go to court and you take a business to court, they're going to always ask for the receipt. You don't need to have a contract." In order to do business, and in fact, most of the time when you sign a contract, it's very, very, very one-sided, and it only ends up protecting one side of the party, which is usually the company that you're working with. So I always have decided, hey, you know what? An invoice is clear, very, very cutting, cut and dry, clear. And if it ever comes down to being ugly, we'll just go to court and we'll see what the, what the hell happens. So maybe I'll go to court with this person. And so anyway, what happens is that. This ex-fiance, and I'm not even sure if it's him, sends me an email saying that the wedding is off. And I say, okay, all right, all right. So, and, and then he starts demanding the refund. And then I repeat the refund, the, my policies to him, and then he agrees. And then the next day I wake up, this past morning, I get a very angry email and he says, you know what, he, doesn't, he, he actually doesn't care about that. He wants the refund now. He wants it now. And um, he says, if we can't, if he can't get the refund now, he's going to actually, you know, take me to court or get a third party involved, right? Now, there's a couple things wrong with this argument right here, and I think he was he wrote it in all bold letters and in capitals and in big font, <laughs> very unprofessional. And um, but you know, here's the problem with his argument, and it's uh, and I can express this because if I go to court, this is what I'm going to say. You know, he didn't pay my company, all right? He didn't pay Dream Wedding Swipe. His fiance paid the bill. Um, his fiance has been working with us. Um, his fiance has been in contact with us. In fact, his fiance's only her name is on top of the invoice, not his. So we're only working with the fiance and not him. And this is the way I've always structured it. I only work with the bride because usually she's the boss. And usually it's the bride who puts the money forward, right? So, um, so again, she's the one who paid us and he's asking for his money back. Well, he's not entitled to that money. That money is entitled to the fiance and the fiance has yet to tell us that this wedding is off. All right. So we just, we really don't know if the actual wedding is off. I really don't know if this fiance is actually calling the wedding off. It may be an ex-boyfriend or something who is trying to ruin her life. And we have had experiences like that before. You know, these, some of these ex-boyfriends are really, really crazy. So until I hear from her, then will I consider the wedding actually off? But I've left voicemails, I left emails, and I got to no response whatsoever. And uh, more than likely, you know, the wedding is probably off. But, and, but again, our agreement is with the woman, not with the man. And if he tries to take us to court, we'll say, hey, you know what? You know, again, you know, your, your beef is not with us and you're asking for money, which you're, you're not entitled to. You're really not entitled to. And again, if any refund happens, if we can book another date on that wedding date right there, we will give 
the girl, the uh, the female, the gr- the bride, 100% of her down payment back. And then she can decide whether or not her ex-fiance gets any of that back. That's that's the deal. That's how we're going to handle it. That's how it should be handled, right? And again, if any cancellation happens, it goes through her, not through him. Now, I hope, you know, right now, I, I think maybe his tempers are getting, you know, he's, he's pretty much pretty angry. And I hope they can smoothen everything out and then maybe we don't have to do this at all. And, uh, you know, sometimes tempers flare and people do dumb things. People think very stupidly. And um, I'm hoping that they can smoothen everything out. So if they're, if they're listening to this podcast, I just hope you the best. I really do. And I hope we can still go through the wedding. But if not, you know, <laughs> more power to you because maybe you're, you guys are better off not together, right? And it, and my opinion you know, this right here, this reaction from this fiance tells me, well, this raises red flags with me. Because I tell you what, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't want my daughter dating this dude. That's my honest opinion. Anyway, I got that off my chest. I'm very happy to get that off my chest. You know, what do you folks think? I really want to hear from you, right? Did I make the right decision? You can email me at steve at scriptwritersteve.com. And you know what? I will read your responses on the air if I get any of them. All right? Okay, so um, I'm going to cut the commercial. And when I get back from that commercial, uh, we are going to start talking about, hmm, I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, You know what? Just tune in. Trust me, it's going to be interesting. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Alrighty, everyone, I am back from that commercial break, and I hope you are too. I'm ready to start yapping, or is it yakking, whatever you want to call it, right? Alright, well, you know, I'm just going to talk about the news that hasn't made the news. I know that kind of sounds weird, but these days, there's so much news out there that doesn't make the news, and there's so much fake news out there that is publicized around on the internet that shouldn't be publicized because, again, it's fake news. Um, You can get fake news from everywhere, by the way, the left, the right, the center. Uh, Some of the propaganda out there, you know, it's... uh, it exists on all sides of all sides of the political aisle. You have to be very, very careful. Like I've said one million times before, there is a lot of fake news about these vaccines. A lot of people who are just motivated by completely by profit. I mean, they're just as bad as the pharmaceutical companies out there because they're making money on these speaking tours and people are just eating them up. They're selling books to people and their people are just eating it up and it's all a hundred percent fake. So just be very careful on, you know, again, where you consume your news. You know, for myself, uh, I guess from my background of, as a writer, you know, I always look for plot holes and, and I always encourage people to keep looking for plot holes in arguments, even my arguments, right? You always have to ask, you know, um, is, 
does it make sense? Does it really, really make sense? And that's really all you have to do. Be a very healthy skeptic. You don't have to be a paranoid skeptic. Just be a healthy skeptic. So what's the difference between a healthy skeptic and a paranoid skeptic? Well, a paranoid skeptic, you know, just has major trust issues. They won't trust a new source because they're coming from that person or that channel. Like say, for example, you know, you may not trust CNN, you may not trust headline news, or you may not trust, you know, the AP or Reuters or anything like that, right? And you may have a very good reason. But again, you're just pretty much exercising a form of prejudice that can lead you down this road to paranoia. And it's not very objective at all. Because what if CNN is correct? Oh, no, they can't be correct because they're fake news, right? But here, listen to this. CNN, headline news, sometimes are 100% correct. So right now, I just, you know, uh, what I want to do to tell you is that just exercise, you know, some type of form of healthy skepticism. And what does a healthy skeptic do? They'll take a look at the news articles. They'll take a look at their reporting. And then they'll... And then they'll ask themselves, well, is it accurate or not? Or am I just not trusting them because it's coming from the left wing or the right wing or anything else, right? Because again, you know, you don't want to be like the left, which is filled with just paranoid loyalists who just want to destroy what they fear. And if you become that type of counterphobic, that's what they're called, Right then you're just as bad as they are. And there's a lot of conservatives out there who are very much counterphobic, who want to destroy friendships because they're not right enough. When I say right, I'm talking conservative leaning, that they've taken the vaccine and they don't believe that the vaccine is 5G oriented or anything like that. Or you don't believe in the conspiracy theories that bombs brought down the World Trade Center. They will actually, you know, you know, I guess, destroy your friendship just over that. It's kind of crazy. It's just as bad as Democrats destroying a, you know, a friendship, your friendship, just because you voted for Trump. It's just as bad. It's the same type of unhealthy, paranoid thinking out there. All right? So anyway, but here's the news that hasn't made the news. So you remember that Arizona audit, you know, thingamajig that went on just about it like last week friday they, they, they came out with all the results i talked about it on my last podcast before this one where they found a lot of fraud there actually was a lot of fraud in there the audit did its job even though the ap reported something different right again i practiced healthy skepticism i did my own work right it's all fake news it's not because of the it's not because of the people who wrote it it's because what they reported was inaccurate. Now, get this. The Arizona Attorney General has just confirmed that it is investigating the audit elections fraudulent claims. So they're going to actually look into this. They're going to look into see if what, what this audit turned up, all those fake ballots, all those double ballots, all those people f- voting out of the uh, out of state are actually real and then we will see what happens next all right so again don't believe 100% what you read in the news and i'm sure most of you don't you don't do that but again do your research 
check on me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, right? And then go from there. So that's really, really good news. Now, here's one thing that's really kind of strange to me. I'm going to go jump to another topic here. I want to talk about this third booster, this third booster shot that the federal government is pushing. Now, do I believe in booster shots for, um, I guess, the COVID-19 vaccine? Well, that's really interesting because on one side, I do. You know, the antibodies which are um, inside of us, they're not going to last forever. And this COVID variant, it is deadly. And I do want people to actually, you know, get protection from it. I do, and the vaccines do work. But here's the thing. Um, why are we, these mRNA vaccines, uh, are, they can be easily programmed. Um, so the antibodies that it creates bond stronger to the new strains that have, you know, come upon us, the Delta variant specifically, right? Why are they not modifying these mRNA vaccines? Now, I don't want to hear, you know, this conspiracy theory that, oh, big pharma just wants to make money and control us with 5G and to track our position. That's all baloney, okay? Now, the money part, that's probably real. But the 5G part, I don't want to hear about that stuff, okay? Pfizer doesn't even know how to make a 3G antenna, let alone a microscopic 5G antenna. Now, but the question is, is that, why are why should you get a booster for an antibody? Uh, I guess a vaccine that creates an antibody for the Wuhan variant, the Wuhan variant, the Alpha variant, all the old variants that this protected us from. Well, it's pretty much gone. We need protection from the Delta variant. So, on one side, I'm I'm not for this new booster shot. If I want to get a booster shot, give me a booster shot that will you know defend me. From the Delta variant, why don't we do that? Or new variants that are that are out there, and they can do this with these mRNA vaccines. They don't require to be. They don't require a vat to be. What do you call it, like a, to be used to grow antigens? Because um, the mRNA vaccines turns your body into that vat, and your body all of a sudden produces these spike proteins. So all they need to do, all this this mRNA vaccine needs to do is is to produce a Delta variant antigen. And then, again, it's not the COVID virus, it's the antigen. Antigen is the spike. So if they can produce that spike, then your body can produce the antibody that will bond with that specific spike. But apparently now, they're not doing that. So all of, they're just giving you the old stuff. And my question is why? Because apparently, you know, it's not working as effectively as it did before. It's very obvious. Now, you know, one thing that also bothers me now is that Joe Biden, he, uh, I guess he was on camera just a few days ago, and he was out there getting his third booster shot or his third shot, his first booster shot, that would be, because he got, he got the first two, now he's taking his third. Now, he did this, when he did this, it looked as though he was inside of an office. But someone who was really cool at that press conference took a wide shot of this, and lo and behold, we were on a television set. Now, why did they have to do that? Why, could it, why did they have to create um, an elaborate um, television set to make it as though Joe Biden was getting a shot 
inside the White House. Why? I mean, there's a lot of questions, right? And I don't want to go to this fake moon, la- moon landing or anything like that. I'm just figuring out why. Because he could have just as easily gotten, you know, this booster shot done at a hospital or somewhere else, but they created this fake set, a very elaborate set to pretend that you were inside the White House. That I find kind of strange. You know, with Joe Biden, it seems as though his entire presidency is a fraud. Um, it doesn't seem as though he's in charge. It, and there, whoever is in charge, and say, for example, if he is in charge, you know, that may explain why you know, so many bad choices have been made. But, you know, it started to make me think. I mean, these, it started to make me go a little paranoid, right? Going to the, the dark place where I told you not to go. But why? Why do it on a set? That's just weird. You know, that's just really, really weird. And get get this. Hold on, I gotta move this article onto my next screen here. So on MSNBC today, uh, no, MSNBC today or yesterday, um, this former Obama administration health and human services secretary, her name is uh, Kathleen Celibus, uh, um, Sebulus, Sebulus, no, Sebulus or Sebu, whatever. She comes out and tells everyone that uh, Americans who have not received a corona vaccine, they are like secondhand smoke. Oh, really? That is really strange. So this is what she said. It's a lot like secondhand smoke. You have a right to be a smoker. The science is very clear what smoking will do to you, what cancer will be caused, what kinds of health conditions. You have a right to be a smoker. But you don't have a right to smoke next to my desk, to blow smoke on people, on my children, to force me to live in a housing facility where I am subjected to more smoke. That is the line that we have in this country which delineates what your individual rights are. I think we're looking at the very much same situation. So again, this is the way they're doing it. And then he says, and then they start to go, to go on and saying, you know, again, mask wearers and maskless wearers are like, again, secondhand smoke. So, and they're also saying, so now, uh, you know, I'm trying to gather this because if the vaccines work, what are you so scared of? Because you have protection from that other person. And we know that a person who is vaccinated, right? I mean, like myself, I'm vaccinated. We can still get COVID and we can still spread it. So how is it like secondhand smoke exactly? Because vaccinated or not, we still have the same viral loads and we can spread it. It's actually more dangerous. Vaccinated people are actually more dangerous to the unvaccinated because more than likely we're asymptomatic. We don't even know we have the virus, right? And we can spread it to someone who was unvaccinated. So it's more like the unvaccinated, we are more like, the vaccinated are more like secondhand smoke to the unvaccinated, correct? It's not the other way around. But, you know, this type of reasoning here is just really, really stupid. And this is the problem I have with politics. When they start implying, I mean, guess uh, applying, not implying, up, uh, applying you know, forms of comedy logic. This type of logic, by the way, is called reductio ad absurdum. It's called, like, I call it comedy logic. And 
they're, when you think about this, they're just metaphors or similes on steroids, all right? So when she compares the unvaccinated to like into secondhand smoke, what you're doing is you're reducing the argument to absurdity and then debating it on this absurd level of secondhand smoke. When the truth is that, no, the unvaccinated are not like secondhand smoke. And why don't we, why don't we just debate, you know, those who are not vaccinated on that level? Let's just talk about who are the unvaccinated. What about the, those people who are been, have been infected before, have antibodies in their blood, have so much antibodies, the good antibodies because they infect, got infected with Delta. So they have antibodies that fight Delta. And you want their convalescent plasma on top of that because their convalescent plasma may be able to save someone. Their antibodies are better than your mRNA antibodies. And you're saying they're like secondhand smoke to you? So why don't we debate it on that level? The reason they don't want to debate it on that level is because it can't be debated on that level, right? What they want to do is debate it on the absurd level. Let's debate it on the secondhand smoke level. So again, this is what they call reductio ad absurdum. And it's used all the time to push fictional narratives. So again, all they are are metaphors or similes, like on steroids, and they just make things very absurd. So they're going to, you know, you know, di- uh, I guess a really good argument. Like say, for example, Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates. You really never know what you're going to get. So he's taking life reducing it to a box of chocolates. And now we're going to talk about, you know, about life, which is very serious. And then, you know, again, use a box of chocolates as a very accurate metaphor to to really make really strong life decisions. No, that's comedy logic, right? But that's reductio ad absurdum used. And writers use it all the time. But why are we using it? Why are we using reductio ad absurdum, this type of narrative in science talk? It shouldn't be there. It should not be there. How's the other? Here's a, here's a really cool reductio ad absurdum, right? Fauci says he is science. And if you don't follow him, you're not following science. Again, that's reducing things to absurdity because, again, he is not science. And he wants us to, again, debate science as though whatever he says, all of a sudden is Science is righteous, and science is always right. Here's the thing. Science is not always right. In fact, you know, science is more than more times wrong than right. That's why you have observational, observational studies out there. You know, one thing which really bothers me about when it comes to this uh, coronavirus and, and all this other stuff that's been coming out is that there is an attack on observational science. You know, they're saying that just because from the eye tests that, say, for example, you gave a person hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or quercetin and they got better through the eye test, um, it doesn't mean it works. So, again, these doctors who keep prescribing it, they say, man, all my patients are getting better. It works. But they're saying, well, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe and maybe that's because you haven't you haven't done a double blinded placebo test. Now, what does a double-blinded placebo test you know, consist of? It consists of giving one group fake medicine, a placebo. So that group, you're depending that, you're hoping that that group dies so you can, you can actually prove that your medicine works. And that's very unethical. 
That's what Fauci wants to, I guess, you know, um, utilize to prove that certain medicines work. And on top of that, when they start, when they start actually, you know, trying to prove or, or trying to tell you that, that, that medicines work, they're using <laughs> percentages, which make no sense at all. Percentages are not science. They're not. They have never been science. Would you step on a plane that, that the engineer had said that, well, we're 99.8% sure that will actually fly? Is that good enough for you to step on that plane? It isn't, right? If you take your car to the mechanic and, you, and, you do, and the, that, that mechanic says, well, I'm about 99.8% sure that your brakes will work. Now, this is reductio ad absurdum, by the way, what I'm doing. But I'm using it to prove a point, right? I'm not reducing it to absurdity. But you get what I'm saying here, right? That, that, that science is not about percentages. You know, if a vaccine works, we have to know why the vaccine works. And these mRNA vaccines, by the way, are very, very um, interesting because they work for some people and for some they don't. And what they do is that the mRNA vaccines, they, they turn your body into a vat. Now, how the old vaccines worked before is that, you know, these antigens, and the antigens are those spikes on, on these, you know, the, the spikes on these viruses. And um, they would grow those spikes or they would grow a weaker version of that virus um, in these vats, which would be made out of, you know, former... I guess, fetuses out there or embryos out there um, or however they were going to grow them. And uh, it would take maybe about close to maybe half, a couple months, sometimes half a year. Sometimes even some of them are like a year older. older. And that's why uh, trials for vaccines took a long time. So they would have to grow enough of them for a human trial. Now, here's the thing. With the mRNA vaccines, those they don't have to grow the, the COVID spikes or the, the antigens in a vat anymore. You, your body, yourself, you become the vat. Your M, your your messenger RNA becomes that vat. So what they're doing is that they're asking your body to produce these antigens for you. And what happens is that those antigens exist in the cytoplasm of your cell. They don't go into your nucleus where the DNA is, and it holds that antigen up to the the I guess the, the cell membrane up there. And then all of a sudden your body recognizes that, whoa, we got something weird here going on. And they start producing antibodies. So your body does get sick. It acts as though it does get COVID. But this COVID spike should not, I guess, uh, come out of the cytoplasm of the cell. Now, does it actually make its way out of that cytoplasm? I think... I think it does for some patients, but for the majority, it doesn't. And that's why some people, you know, they tend to get, you know, some, some parts of their, um, the, these COVID spikes, which they are finding out are also toxic. Um, they've, yeah, found them their way into some other part, other organs accidentally. So the mRNA vaccines aren't 100% perfect and you do roll the dice with them. This is experimental technology here. And you yourself, just have to weigh, you know, the, the, I guess, the benefits of them. Is it worth it or is it not? 
And, um, you know, again, you with it, you, with any vaccine that will come out for COVID, you're still going to get sick because, again, these, uh, these vaccines are purely uh, made to, uh, I guess, made to fight COVID only once it gets into the bloodstream because that's where all your antibodies are. They're not in your nose. You're, uh, you know, you're not going to have antibodies in your nose because there's no blood in your nose. You're not going to have antibodies in your lungs because there's no blood in your lungs, right? In, in your bronchial tubes, unless you're like, you know, bleeding profusely a lot from there. So that's the thing. So you're, no matter how good of a vaccine that will come out for the coronavirus, um, <laughs> you're still going to get sick, but it won't be as sick. That's the thing. This is more like a good, very good, effective therapeutic. My big thing, though, is that, you know, eventually therapeutics, that's the way we're going to find our way out of this. And therapeutics are coming out on the market. Uh, we have the Regeneron there, which is a, uh, which is a, very, which is a pretty good synthetic, uh, I guess, therapeutic out there. But we got another really good therapeutic, which is uh, brought to you by Dr. Jacob Glanville uh, and is a company called Centifax. And they're currently going through um, the first stages of their human trials. And once they get going, their antibodies, their, their, their uh, synthetic antibodies um, they bond to the COVID spikes a lot more effectively than Regenerons out there. So what does this mean? Now, with these synthetic antibodies, all you have to do is get a shot in the early stages of COVID. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you have antibodies throughout your entire body. And those antibodies will stay alive for like about four to five months. So, and that's all it is. You get sick, you get the shot. And on top of that, your body will also produce new antibodies uh, once you get sick. So you're gonna, there's going to be some type of immunity, immunity, immediate immunity you get from these uh, synthetic antibodies. But at the same time, you'll also get some type of immunity from the virus that's already within your body. So that's really good news. And that's the way we're going find to find, find a way out of this. And we're very, very, very close to that. The... The solution to this is not through vaccines. It's through very good therapeutics, extremely good therapeutics. And let me remind you that the AIDS virus, right? It was therapeutics that really got us through it. Now, right now, I mean, I have, I think I have one friend who has full-blown AIDS. He's pretty much healthy and he's had AIDS for a long time. He's going to live a long time. Uh, Charlie Sheen has full-blown AIDS and, you know, uh, uh, the, the treatment that, he, that he's on is so effective that he can have uh, unprotected sex with a partner and not pass on the AIDS virus. Isn't that incredible? So, so uh, that's where it is. And now Fauci, during the whole AIDS epidemic, epidemic, wanted to actually push vaccines on everyone. And again, we're not really close to a vaccine for HIV or, or AIDS, but we have viable treatments for it. And, um, you know, for this COVID, we will have viable treatments for it. And, uh, you know, once we do, <laughs> you won't have to really fear COVID at all. Not at all. So that's it. Anyway, that's all the news I have for now. I've been talking for about 25 minutes. It's 3.11 a.m. I better go to bed. 
Yeah, I really wish I had more news to share with you, but I'm getting a little tired, right? Um, I want to watch football tomorrow. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be watching Venom 2, and I'm going to come out with a really good a review on it with no spoilers. I want to talk about it. So maybe I'll do a Venom 2 uh, podcast tomorrow because I think this is a movie that we want to uh, talk about. Um, I'm kind of scared about this movie, to be honest, because I don't want it to be woke. That's the last thing I want it to be. I really enjoyed Venom 1, um, the first Venom. Uh, Venom 2.0, we'll see. But I don't want this to be some type of, you know, LGBTQ stuff, which, you know, the director and the actor have hinted that, you know, this is a coming out party for Venom and, uh, you know, it's going to be like, it's going to have a heavy LGBTQ type of coming out party. So that's kind of weird. But we'll see what happens. We'll really see what happens. All right, people. I am out of here. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.